beautiful souls, and welcome or welcome back to the Thoughts That Manifest podcast. I'm your host, Elle, and I am a mindset and manifestation coach who aims to inspire you to awaken your mind to the limitless potential that is within you. I am back today with another episode for you, and I am so excited for this episode because today I have a special guest. Psychic astrologer, tarot card reader, and thought leader Jennifer Neville is joining me on the podcast today, and we are diving into an insightful discussion about astrology and tarot and how to use both in your everyday life, how to get started with both of them, and so much more. Jennifer is a former professional golfer turned psychic, and she is big on pursuing passions and developing the right mindset in order to turn dreams into reality. She has a YouTube channel called Little Girl Lost, where she shares intuitive insights with weekly horoscope readings, so be sure to check that out. But I don't want to take up any more time. I am just so excited to jump in today's episode. So if you are ready, then let's dive into it. Jennifer, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I am so excited to have you and to chat all about astrology, tarot, and manifestation. To get started, I kind of just wanted you to, you know, maybe introduce yourself and let us know how you got started with your own journey. Hello, I am so excited to be here and to chat about all these things. Basically, how I guess who I am or why I'm here. Um, I have a YouTube channel. It's called little girl lost tarot where I do tarot and I like to incorporate astrology. I'm also an astrologer. That's probably like the core modality that I practice. I feel like my tarot channel does so well. It's so much fun to just read tarot, but I feel like my true passion is like the astrological practice, sort of like you with manifestation, but kind of integrating all these modalities together. So yeah, I think that, you know, I feel like my story's fun because I went from being like a professional golfer to now I'm a YouTube psychic. So we're just over here manifesting new lives and new chapters and just rolling with it. (laughs) I love that so much. I love that you started out as like, um, golfing like a golfer and then all of a sudden you took a complete like 180 and went down a different path I can relate to that so much because that kind of happened to me as well what kind of made you all of a sudden be like you know what I think I want to do this instead um I mean I spent so many years playing golf and honestly if I knowing like all the information that I know now about say manifestation or even like you know, working with energy and things like that, I would approach it so differently. Like sometimes you wish you could just go back in time, but I played golf for so many years that it was always just something that I felt I was going to be a professional golfer. So I unconsciously manifested playing professional golf. I like dedicated 17 years of my life to it. So when I finally made it to that professional setting, I feel like you get so close to that end goal. And I really didn't, 
I, I feel like I got there and I realized that it wasn't the lifestyle that I wanted. Like, and that was like the disconnect. I was never going to be happy. So ultimately, you know, maybe at the time I didn't, I kind of, I knew about manifestation, but not to the depth that I know now, but I think subconsciously I knew I was like, you're never going to get to where you want to get to because really you don't want to get there. Like, so what I always wanted was a platform where I could talk about spirituality and talk about finding your passion, mental manifestation, things like that. Even though maybe at the time I didn't know like to that level of manifestation, but I wanted to be like a public speaker, help people with mindset stuff and mental, like being able to pursue your dreams. So I thought golf would be the platform that would get me there. And then I spent a year watching tarot readings, focused on like love relationships. And then I was kind of watching these readings and I was like, why don't you make a YouTube channel? Like that would be fun. And I feel like that was something I manifested too. (laughs) And it ended up just being like this avenue that I would have never expected to get me essentially where I wanted to be all along, you know? Mm -hmm. I relate to that a lot, especially the whole like sitting and watching tarot readings for hours and hours and hours. Like kind of just going down this rabbit hole of just learning about tarot. I'm pretty sure my husband was like, are you watching another reading? I'm like, yeah, they're so on point. How can I not? What would you watch readings about? I would literally just do those pick a card readings um, all the time because actually when I first really dived into my tarot journey, I was struggling a little bit and we were about to move into a new house, which I really needed because my mental health was suffering where we were at. And uh, one of the tarot readers, I wish I could remember her name now, um, but she did one reading and she was like, you're about to get news that's going to make you cry, happy tears. And as soon as that reading was done, we got the call about our offer being accepted on the house that we put our, our offer in. And I just was like, wow, that's so spooky. That's so crazy. (laughs) It really is. And that was like one of the first like signs and synchronicities for me where I was like, okay, maybe I do really believe this stuff. Now, did you ever have a moment like that? Um, it was interesting because I feel like mine was so different. That's why I laugh. I'm like, oh, you're married and stuff. I think mine was always watching readings on my love life. And mm-hmm. I had just ended things with somebody who was like a fling. And I kept saying like, this person's coming back to you, this person from the past coming back, blah, blah, blah. And I had this one person. It wasn't the person that I was watching the videos for, but it was this other person who was like, you know, who I thought was my like twin flame, all these things. They were actually the one that came back and reached out out of the blue one day. And I was like, oh my gosh, I was watching the readings for the wrong person. And like, that was such a big, like it was somebody that I always wanted to come back, but I was distracted with the other one. And I feel like that's like what happens with tarot readings, especially the person coming back from the past or you even manifesting that sometimes somebody's coming back from the past, but it's not who you think it is. Yeah. Right. And so actually it's funny that you bring that up. Do you have any tips? Because I feel like a lot of people too, like I struggled with this in the beginning when I first dived into tarot and just kind of didn't know much about it, but using discernment almost and you know, because I feel like a lot of people, 
you know, struggle to use discernment and then they take some messages for face value and not realizing that you don't have to resonate with everything or make things fit when they don't, especially general readings that are collective. Do you have tips on that and like trusting your intuition? So I have a lot of tips on that actually, because I mean, I like, I try to be a responsible tarot reader Mm -hmm. in the sense that like claim the readings that you want to claim. I think that everything is like a mirror and especially like with manifestation, because I'm more, I'm so much more the man like into the manifestation and using tarot as like maybe a mirror or a tool. If something doesn't resonate with me, then it's not my reading. And to, if something triggers me, then that means that there's something that does resonate with me. Don't ignore that fear. Just reprogram that belief because it's just mirroring back what I'm pushing out. And then like when those synchronicities happen, I take it as confirmation. I'm like, yes, because once my tarot readings start seeing, saying all the same things, then I'm like, oh my God, yeah, this is just a confirmation of what I already know intuitively. I still tell people like, if the message is triggering you, maybe pay attention to it and ask yourself why it's triggering you, you know? I think it's so important to pay attention to our triggers. Like you say, like everything um, is kind of like our reflection, our mirror, especially relationships too, I find Mm -hmm. uh, big time. I mean, I've I've had a fair amount of relationships. For me, it was a lot to do with like friendships where they would like reflect back to me some of my own unhealed wounds. But I definitely hear you on that. And knowing that, you know, you can pay attention to the trigger, but you can also, you also have free will and the ability to change the direction that you're going in. If you want to, if you hear a message that you don't like, you know, listen to what's triggering you, like you said, but then be conscious and make a change. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, cause you get so many third party readings. I, I'm like, I just don't even subscribe to that. And if that fear is there, like rewrite it, reprogram, yeah. revise it. You're bringing it in because of something within you, you know? Exactly. And now what about for people who may be listening right now who want to get started with tarot, but maybe are afraid of it? Because I think there's a lot of um, misconceptions out there, especially, for example, with me and my own personal life, my family is super religious. So when I told them I I read tarot, they were pretty much like, you're messing with the devil. You're crazy. Like, don't do that stuff. So a lot of people are afraid. I know a lot of people in my own life are afraid. They want to start, but they're afraid of the tarot. Do you have any advice on that? I feel like tarot for me, at least it's like, it's just a tool for what's already inside of you. I like to look at it as like a little fun thing, but I do get that a lot. Like the fear where people come to you and be like afraid. They're like, I never had a reading before. And I'm like, gosh, it's so much more gentle. I feel like you have to be careful to the reader that you go to. And, you know, making sure that you're not going to somebody who's doing it for the whole show of things. But I feel like it can be a great tool to connect with your intuition and using that to connect to your inner divinity. You know, I, from the religious standpoint, I just don't, I would look at it like as like a tool to connect with God instead. It's not telling you anything that you don't already know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I love that. So I know we kind of talked a little bit about 
how you got started, but how did you get started with tarot? Like, how did you stumble upon it? Was, was, were you brought up around it? So my grandmother, my mom's from the Dominican Republic. So I would spend my summers in the DR. My grandmother would read uh, La Baraja, which is like a Spanish playing cards. So that was kind of the first thing that I saw. I would watch her read for other people. She would never read for us because she's like, uh, she predicted something when she was younger, when one of my uncles was younger, that he was going to get sick and he did. So mm-hmm. she was like, I don't read for younger people, but I always watched her do it. And then I think when I was 18 or so, my hairdresser, or I went to this hairdresser who became like one of my really good friends. She was psychic. And I went to her because I knew she was, I heard she was psychic and she was telling me all these things. And then she would read tarot for me. And eventually I went to college. It was a crazy story. She became good friends with my mom, gifted my mom a deck of tarot, but then my mom gifted those to me. And I feel like they were just always meant for me because then I'd go into the salon. She'd teach me how to read and I'd read for her. She'd read for me. And then I'd start just sitting there and read for people who came in and I'd like sweep. I, that was like my little job and people would pay me $20 to give them a reading um, while they like waited with their hair getting done and things like that. So it was fun. I did it all throughout college. So that's why when I started watching it on YouTube, I was like, why do I not have a YouTube channel? Yeah, and you're like, I can do this. Yeah. Really fun. No, I love that. That's so cool. Um, the whole like hair salon story. Yeah. That's, well, that's what I tell like in my, I hosted a tarot course and that's what I'll tell people. I'm like, ask your hairdresser if you can just sit there and do card readings, like get practice in. Like there's so many your hairdresser would probably love that, you know? It's so funny you say that because I had such a special connection with my hairdresser too. And I actually started talking to her about my spirituality and tarot and things like that. And cause kind of like I struggled with my family, my family don't, doesn't like it. So I don't have people around me really to talk to about it where I feel like comfortable. I do have a few friends that are all about it, which is really nice. But so I was telling my hairdresser about it and she was all for it. She thought it was really cool. Um, But I think I could still see the fear in her as well. And she just moved, unfortunately. So I have to find a new hairdresser. And I was like, oh, we had that special connection though. You make such a special connection with your hairdresser, I swear. Because you sit in the chair for so long sometimes. You do. All my hairdressers have ended up being like good friends of mine. They really are special, I swear. And they're great at talking and you can just like, I'm like, oh, I don't mean for you to be my therapist right now. Like I need yeah. to like hold back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, um, so let's chat a little bit about astrology because I know you like astrology and a little bit to let everybody know what are, what's your sun, moon and rising. So my sun is, I have a Virgo sun, Sag rising and Capricorn moon. Capricorn moon. Very nice. That's so interesting. I, uh, I attract a lot of Capricorn moons into my life. They, I feel like they're really wise. You're a Virgo rising. So Capricorn moons fall into your, I attract a lot of Virgo risings into my life. And I think it's because the moon, my moon falls into your fifth house. Yeah, That's like a great, like you probably find people who are Capricorn moons funny and there's yeah. like, 
the fifth house is like the house of romance, creativity. Um, it's like the Leo house. So there's yeah. a lot of like playfulness there. It can be hit or miss um, because actually I attracted a lot of Capricorn men growing up and oh. they were awful. Um, but well, they ended up awful I for me. And Capricorn men, I yeah. think. <laughs> I, and also I think it has to do with my Saturn in the fifth house too. Okay. So sometimes, you know, it depends on the degree, of course, but if their son is conjunct my Saturn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. ministry, that can be uh, not yeah. great for me. My mom's a Capricorn and my brother, and I'm surrounded by all earth. My dad's a Virgo. We really did not get along growing up. So I think I'm just way too fiery for people. <laughs> yeah. Well, with all that Sag energy, that's how I feel. I'm like, I have no, I, I mean, I have my Mars and Libra. And then I have Pluto and Scorpio, which doesn't even count, but, um, I have so much earth, so much Capricorn, so much Virgo. And then I have like a Leo Venus. So I'm like, my parents are air signs, Aquarius and Libra. Oh, interesting. So yeah, I'm like, I, I have the same thing with my Saturn and Aquarius, like Aquarius men for me are just <laughs> not great, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. So now actually speaking of that, what is one of your like favorite placements that you have and which one do you find is like a struggle for you? So gosh, I, I want to say it's both because I'm like my Capricorn moon one. I love it, (laughs) (laughs) I hate it, but it's because my Capricorn moon is in the second house, which kind of exalts it. Mm. But then on top of that, my Capricorn moon is conjunct, like directly conjunct my North node, Lilith and Neptune and Uranus. So it's like in this like tight hold. And I love it because I'm like, I think that's like a culmination of all my spiritual gifts Mm. and it's shining my Mercury and Virgo. And I feel like that's just like all my little spiritual gifts there, like my little spiritual powers. But it's also, I mean, the North Node conjunct the moon, conjunct Black Moon Lilith. It's a lot of shadow, a lot of chaos. The exact same thing in my Yeah, I have my Lilith conjunct my North Node and Moon. Yep. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. So you know. And then what? What? Where's your Moon? So my Moon. So I have my big Sag stellium. So in whole signs, it's in the fourth house. And then in um, Placidus, it's in third house. Okay. So yeah, whole signs, fourth house. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot. That's got to be like a, you can't, it's hard for you to settle in one place type of vibe. Oh yeah, absolutely. Especially because in Placidus, when it's in my third house, um, Neptune and Uranus is in my fourth. Okay. Yeah. So that created so much, like I've moved when I was younger, I moved uh, 10 times before I was 18. Yeah. My my second house that happening in my second house in the sign of Capricorn is like, nothing's ever enough. Nothing's ever enough. And I constantly have to work with that energy Mm -hmm. of like, no, like I'm not satiated. So it's interesting because especially I noticed with a lot of second house moons, it's like overindulgence mm. of the senses, like eating a lot, especially if you have an earth sign moon, you know, mm-hmm. Eat, overeating, overdoing things because it's like that insatiability. So it's definitely 
it's definitely in that north node one it's like conjunct that north node it just turns into a lot of yeah how you know. has how has the second house north node been free my husband has a second house north node I think it's it's interesting because then I have South Node in eighth house, which I feel like Cancer, which is me bringing in a lot of, uh, I feel like occult knowledge and things like that, releasing around codependency. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the second house North Node because I feel like it is like that stability and those finances come to me having it in Capricorn means I kind of have to work for it to come to me, but it does show up. So I don't mind. I I feel like, I feel like it's not a bad place to have your North node. What sign is his in? Capricorn. Oh, okay. But it definitely moves because he's a Scorpio rising. So, okay. I, I was going off of Placidus, but. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Technically my North node still in my I, I operate way more with whole housing than I do with Placidus mm-hmm. yeah I I love looking at both it's so interesting because yeah. I can relate with both um in different ways and then I even looked into my side reel where all of my Sagittarius turns into Scorpio yeah Woo. my god yeah I have the same um because I'm a technically in side rail I'm a Scorpio rising so and then I have in Placidus, it makes sense because I have that Leo Venus in the ninth house, which makes sense mm-hmm. to me. But then it also makes sense to me because in my Placidus chart, it's in the eighth house, which makes sense to me because I have like a lot of transformative relationships. That makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Or like intense relationships. <laughs> trigger <laughs> transformation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so I'm not sure how old you are. Um, but did you go through your Saturn return yet? I'm 30. I'm turning 31 in a couple of weeks. So I'm through my Saturn return, like Saturn already transited because my Saturn's at zero degrees Aquarius. Mm. So I'm through the Saturn return, but I'm coming up on my progressed moon, mm. return, Saturn on my progressed moon, which should be, it's like a, a double whammy, I think. And everybody goes through that. So it goes your Saturn return. And then your progressed moon, Saturn on your progressed moon, which is supposed to be like kind of the second hit of that Saturn return. Yeah. Yes. I'm going through my Saturn return right now. That's why I asked. It's like how, how uh, you got through yours. How was it like? What house was it in? So are you an Aquarius Saturn or you said you're Capricorn Saturn? Um, I'm Aquarius Saturn. So yeah, I was going off with Placidus again. Okay. Okay. I relate to so much more with my Placidus chart. Yeah, I get it. Um, I feel like it's to each their own. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll look at both transits because I'll see like Saturn was going through in my Placidus chart. It was going through my finances, which resonated. Mm-hmm. But it also right now it's opposite my Venus, which is like screwing with my finances. <laughs> and then I got out of it, but now it's retrograded back and it's screwing with my love and it's screwing with my finances. So oh. <laughs> Uh, it's in my third house though of communication in whole sign and to be honest I have Pluto Pluto's gonna since I do have Sagittarius or Saturn at zero degrees Pluto's gonna like park there for a 
pretty soon is going to park there for a minute, which I'm mm-hmm. more preoccupied about. I'm like more scared for that one than I am like the Saturn return. Yeah. Yeah. I feel you. Yeah. Saturn has been so impossible for me. It's transiting my fifth house. And um, I've actually been trying to conceive ever since it went into the sign of Aquarius. Yeah. (laughs) And it's just been no good, (laughs) but no luck yet. But also though, I've been able to heal a lot of my inner child though, because of that. Yeah. 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 It makes you get like disciplined in that area of life. So it's probably like preparing you for the child to come yep. in. Exactly. But it's like making you work for it, you know? Oh gosh. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. all right, I get it. You're trying to teach me patience right now. Yeah. God, I, don't, I don't do good with patience as all fire. I don't do with good patience. Yeah. Like when I want something, I want it now. Oh yeah. I, I feel that. And uh, have you ever looked back on like past transits of times when you've went through major shifts and changes in your life and been like, wow, how, like the way that it. Yeah. So it's actually, this is actually funny because I had a friend over the other day and we were kind of looking through our progress charts. We were talking about astrology and I was, he was like, okay, what were you doing on this date? And I have like all these journals that I was like, okay, let me go read my journal for that time. And then all of it, I was talking about, like, I've just given up on making friends. I'm never going to make friends. Like I can't seem to make friends, all of this stuff. And I was like, let me see what was transiting on this date (laughs) where Saturn was. And sure enough, Saturn was transiting my 11th house Uh, of friendship. So I was like, no wonder I felt like I couldn't make friends. (laughs) That's crazy. That's too funny. Yeah. I, I honestly, I love astrology. And like, when I started learning about it, I was like, this is so great because I think so long I felt misunderstood in my emotions, Mm -hmm. Um, especially like with my family and whatnot, like telling me, you know, get over your anxiety. It's just all in your head, blah, 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 whatever. So when I looked back on my transits, it brought me a lot of just like clarity and kind of just felt seen and understood in a way because Pluto, when I was younger, Pluto hit my stellium. So it went from my North node to my sun, to my moon, to my Mercury, to my Mars, to my Venus. Then it hit my IC. So then it, when it hit my IC, um, my fourth house, that's when my parents divorced actually. Oh, it was just like one big hot mess express. The Pluto, because I had Pluto on my ascendant when I was young and then Pluto on my, all my Capricorn placements. So my moon, my North node. And I'm like getting a little break right now, but then it's going to hit my Saturn in the third house. So I was like, well, if my Saturn returned, didn't give me my voice. I was like, I'll probably, <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm scared of that transit just because I know Saturn represents father and mm-hmm. things like that. So I'm like, there's a lot that I feel like, you know, and I have, you know, I, I know transits cause I was like observing that one in somebody that I know is going through it right now. And I was kind of observing what they're going through. And they just told me that their father like is starting to be like bad of health. So Mm -hmm. I was like, Ooh, that's, you know, it's getting to that age, but Mm -hmm. I don't even want to manifest that. Right. Yeah. It's, it can be scary accurate. And 
the Capricorn Sag placements. And I've been telling all my friends with tons of Aquarius placements. I'm like, y'all are next. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. My uh husband has an Aquarius moon. Oh. So um I I also noticed too like the Pluto conjunct moon thing, like transit. When yeah. I went through that, like as a child, was like so much death that happened in my life. Yeah, I think I, like, terrified. Mine, because I had Pluto conjunct my moon in my 20s, and I went through like, oh my God, such a dark night of the soul but I needed it. It needed yeah. to happen. Cause that's when I finally like accepted all those emotions and all those feelings. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And then, so I look at all of my Taurus moon friends that had Uranus conjunct their moon. That was not a good time either. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot, but it's so interesting to look at and see how it relates to like what you're experiencing. And I think that's what brought me a lot of kind of a sense of like inner peace in a way, in a weird way of just knowing yeah. like it's, it's going to pass by, it's going to work its way through. And if I'm ever struggling, like in, in my marriage, like where we're having like miscommunications or whatever, I look, I can see, I'm like, wow, that's so weird because we yeah. have this trans happening right now. And I'm like, all right, we need to sit down. We just need to talk it, talk it out. <laughs> Well, I feel that way. And I have a question for you because, so I'll do tarot readings. And sometimes like last weekend I was doing a, like, I'll do my weekend love reading. And I was like, Ooh, something triggers you. And there's an argument happening. And after I finished the reading, I was like, this makes so much sense because Mars is squaring the new moon in Virgo. And then like Mercury moves into Libra. So it just all made sense. Like Mars is going to be trying Mercury. So conversations between partnerships, hypercritical feeling unvalidated. And I ended up having a couple of arguments, but I was kind of prepared for it because I was like, okay, recognize people are operating off their own triggers. Mm -hmm. But then I look at like, so this weekend I keep picking up on, okay, vacation, vacation, and something happened like really fast. And like Mars is going to be trining Mercury and Libra. And then you have the Sag moon coming in, which is to me, every time the moon's in Sag, it's like fun, lighthearted travel somewhere or like spontaneous trip, even if it's to like a different area, trying something new. So I'm like, it resonates, but then with the manifestation aspect of it, because then I look and I'm like, at that Saturn across uh, opposite my Venus. And I kind of am like trying to be like, well, I don't want to commit to the Mm. thing that this is hurting my relationships or my finances right now, or that I have to wait until Saturn moves from here, Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. know? So it's like, how do you you deal with that energy knowing that it's going to be there for a while? Yeah. I honestly, I always feel like too, like, is there a lesson that it's trying to teach us during that time? Also, I actually have Venus opposite Saturn right now, which is not as long as the Saturn opposite Venus transit. But um, I'm, I'm interested to know, like for your hard aspects to your Venus, do you have any Pluto? Pluto. (laughs) Ah, okay. Pluto is squaring my Venus. That's tough. And I was just in a relationship where my Venus was on his South node. And then both of our, our Venus was opposite each other. And both of our Venuses were um, squaring each other's Pluto. So it was, Mm. yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. 
definitely I feel like whenever I hear somebody who has like Venus square Pluto I always think back of like it has to do a lot with self-worth and like Mm -hmm. letting go of control yeah it's so hard and I think that that's like Saturn on my Venus right now especially Saturn retrograde has been bringing in a lot of past stuff that it's like time to revise this narrative so I've been really going into my manifestation practices lately. Like I'm hosting my manifestation course, which is like revise your mindset, mainly because it's so present for me right now. Cause I'm like, let go of control. Even the yeah. fact that it's like, I want Saturn gone. Like I want Saturn <laughs> out of here. It's like, just learn the lesson. Like you say, yeah. like, rewire your narrative you know yeah and honestly I think that that's a lot uh the collective's going through a lot of needing to learn how to let go of control well with south node in Scorpio and then so that like Saturn opposite my Venus right now squaring my Pluto in the 12th house dumping into the sixth house it's like releasing subconscious patterns and beliefs and like implementing new routines and new habits that's hard in like Taurus, but we're doing it. We're doing doing it. Yeah. Yeah. I feel feel like that's all we really can do is just, you know, try our best when we get dealt these difficult transits and everybody's going through break. It's like breakup season. And I'm like, that's Scorpio South node. Oh yeah. That's why Scorpio is brutal. That's yeah. It's so funny too, because, um, when people, so this is kind of backtracking because I was talking about like misconceptions and like placements that are always misunderstood. Um, And I'm thinking back about how whenever I tell people I'm a Sag, Sun, Moon, Mercury, Mars, Venus, they're like, wow, you must never get tied down. Like you must always be on the run. You probably are never in a serious relationship. And it's so interesting because I've been with my husband since I was 17. Yeah. And so I, when everybody's like talking about um, like Sagittarius and always being on the run and not being tied down, yeah. I feel like there's so many misconceptions out there about certain signs because they're not really taking an accountability of like the whole entire chart as a whole. Totally. Yeah. Uh, and I just thought it was interesting. So I'm like, oh gosh, I don't want to go through no breakup. Ah, Scorpio, yeah. South Node season. Yeah, not fun. But I have seen it happen a lot with people around me. Yeah. And that's the, that's such a common misconception with Sag. But when Sag like does settle down, they are, I feel like they are really committed. Yeah. I like to think that I am. Yeah. (laughs) When you have a Virgo rising. So you have a little bit of the, I feel like for me, the Sag energy that I feel, because then I have like my ninth house Venus. Mm. Um, And I feel like for me, the Sag energy is just like, I want to fill up on experience. Like I'm not settled in that aspect. So whoever, if I find the partner that wants that as well, you have to find as a Sagittarius, I feel like you have to find somebody that doesn't hold you back. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That like allows you to be yourself and like doesn't control because that's a huge thing for me especially my sag moon like you try to tell me what to do mm, no not yeah, gonna work that's like miley cyrus she's like <laughs> sag queen to me because i'm like she's such a sag where it's like don't can you can't control me like i can't be tamed yeah and if you try to control us we'll like rebel in some weird way if you tro- try to hold me back i might explode <laughs> <laughs> literally exactly that so 
do you have any tips for this current Virgo season or, you know, the fall season coming up transit wise? Virgo season, we're about to go into Mercury retrograde on the 9th. And I feel like everybody's scared of retrogrades. I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's more so time to revise. It's time Mm -hmm. to re like, I always say retrograde is just like, don't start anything new, go back and fix the old so that you can prepare for the new. So like right now I'm doing a massive purge in my home. It's like decluttering, reorganizing, revising, and you know, that kind of sets you up for when it like pushes forward. Like you're getting really clear on where you want to kind of end the year off. And then we have this Mars in Gemini energy, which I think is really significant because it's going to be there for seven months, Mm -hmm. which is like intense. Yeah. It's a long time for Mars and it's going to go retrograde and then it's going to go direct again. So I feel like that Mars and Gemini energy, it's just being really cognizant of what's happening in your mind and the Virgo. Cause I feel like that Virgo energy and especially people with Virgo placements that are getting hit by these, this Mars and Gemini or any mutable placements like Sagittarius, Virgo, Gemini, or Pisces, you're going to feel pulled in so many different directions and like questioning certain things. So it's like all about utilizing that Martian energy of like, action to get like really clear, to get really clear on the direction you want to go and not let the outside noise come in. And like, it's so hard for me exploring dualities because Gemini is all about duality. I feel like, you know, absolutely. So uh, I don't know. We're gonna, we're gonna see, but I think by eclipse season, when we kind of hit this thing again, we're going to see the culmination of what it's kind of like a test from the universe, you know, whatever happened for you in May, like, have you learned the lesson? Have you released the attachment to what you need to release the attachment to? If so, you'll be rewarded. If not, you know, you'll learn, you'll learn, (laughs) you'll learn. Yeah. Oh yeah. Love that. Yeah. I'm definitely, yeah. When you say that we're going to, I'm going to probably feel pulled in so many different directions. I'm like, Dang, when do I not feel that way? When will yeah. that be over? I always feel like I I, I want to do so many different things. I don't know if you're into human design, but I'm a manifesting generator. Okay. I'm a, just a generator. I'm like constantly changing my mind about what yeah. I want to do. Yeah. Well, and that's been like Jupiter and Aries in my fifth house. I've been in like so much creation mode this mm-hmm. summer. I've been creating, creating, creating. And the other day I was like, oh my God, I'm just so tired. Mm. that I, I let myself have that. I was like, just relax. Yeah, exactly. You know? And maybe that's part of your lesson too, learning how to just relax. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, before I end this, I just wanted to ask if you have any book recommendations that helped you along your spiritual journey, manifestation, tarot even, or astrology books. I mean, astrology, I learned a lot through Chris Brennan's his course, his books, he does Hellenistic astrology. He's like, I think he's just a genius. His stuff is really dry, but like he's, there's nobody who does it like him, I feel like. So if you're wanting to dive into astrology and deep, check him out. Currently I've been reading um, Condensed Chaos, which is like talking all about like utilizing chaos magic, especially when manifesting 
which I feel like has been a really interesting read and a lot of downloads, but I don't know. I feel like I have so many, so many books that I could recommend. Yeah, it's hard to choose. (laughs) It's hard to choose, but that's what I'm reading currently. I've been looking into alchemy. So I have like on my table right now, I'm reading condensed chaos. And then I have the camel rides again. And I like a lot of Alistair Crowley. So (laughs) I've been exploring the topics of alchemy. Perfect. Love that. And also, if you could just let everybody know where to follow you, check you out. I'm going to also leave links in the show notes as well for everybody, but just to let everyone know as well before you head out. So you can catch my tarot readings at Little Girl Lost on YouTube or find me on Instagram, Jennifer N. Neville, or go directly to my website, livezenwithjen.com. Thank you so much for coming on. I really do appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you.